The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And you're listening to the Chris and Joe Show presented to you by SB Nation. And right now we're going to be discussing trade deadline news as most of us were expecting the New York Giants to be sellers of their veteran pieces And a lot of the players that are taking up a lot of money and not really playing up to their potential. But it turns out the very first thing that they chose to do on Monday was a Leonard Williams trade. Trading for the defensive lineman from the Jets, who is the former sixth overall pick. So very unexpected. Not something that you or I were were really (laughs) thinking would happen. We were kind of joking that it was just banter. And it ended up going through. The, the the deal ended up being made. Yeah, and it was not a cheap deal from the Giants' perspective. 2023rd round pick, 2021 conditional fifth round pick that becomes a fourth round pick if the Giants sign him to a contract. That is, yeah, that's some considerable draft capital for a player you have basically eight games to decide whether or not you want him to be in your future. Williams is a good interior defensive lineman, can play the five technique in a three-man front, can play the three technique in a four-man front. He's a good athlete, not not like Aaron Donald crazy good, but he's 79th percentile in 40-yard dash, uh, 52nd percentile in vertical, 56th in broad jump, uh, 60th percentile in three-cone, 74th percentile in the short shuttle. So he can move and he's a better athlete than any of the other, any of the giants other defensive linemen maybe not maybe not the uh, same size speed combination as Dexter, Dexter Lawrence or maybe quite the same power as BJ Hill but just as a pure athlete he is now the best athlete on the giants defensive line unfortunately you know, he hasn't really lived up to that sixth overall pick pedigree that he's had which is why he was available and why the Jets weren't working out a long-term extension for him now can he be worth a third and a fourth well that's what we get the next eight games to find out just to put a little bit of context on what Leonard Williams is like as a player and who he exactly is he's 6'5 302 pounds like I said former sixth overall pick and as far as his career stats he's got 240 career tackles 
32 tackles for loss, 17 sacks, and 90 quarterback hits. So not an overly productive guy, despite being as good of an athlete as he is and a player that was considered to be a top-level prospect. I remember at the beginning of the college football season before the, the, the year that he was drafted came around, there was a lot of conversation of him being a first overall pick, and then he started to slide down after some injury issues. Since then, he's been not extremely productive, and I, I think that it still is worth noting that he is a good defensive player. He's a good defensive lineman. He can draw attention. He can create problems. I saw a, tw- uh, a video on Twitter that somebody posted of him pancaking and flattening Quentin Nelson, so he's explosive. It just doesn't seem like it all clicked and went there he can be a presence on this defensive line, but the real question is then, was a defensive lineman a player that the Giants needed to go out of their way to trade for and spend draft capital on when there are some other significant issues on this team? That, I think, is the question. And you can spin it forward and say, was this draft capital worth really locking yourself into spending free agent money on another defensive lineman. The Giants have three good ones right now, three good young players in Dalvin Tomlinson, B.J. Hill, and Dexter Lawrence. They also have Olsen Pierre, who has been playing well. He's not a starter, but he is a solid rotational piece. When they go into a nickel set, he can create some disruption on the inside. So... Nothing against Leonard Williams as a player, but I'm kind of struggling to see the the thought process behind making this trade, other than he is a player the Giants already knew they were going to target in free agency, so they wanted to make sure they had the opportunity to negotiate with him first and get a look at him in their defense, which... I think if we want to see how they're going to use him, maybe go back and look at how James Betcher used Calais Campbell at Arizona. That I think is probably the most likely uh, the most likely archetype for how he is going to fit in the Giants' defense. But just as far as the fit with all of their other needs, their needs on the offensive line, their needs in the secondary, their needs at linebacker, uh, it's kind of confusing that they went after another defensive tackle it really is a a questionable move and a lot of fans out there right now are wondering what the thought process here was and we're we're really trying to figure it out and understand what where they were thinking on and I think your take on them just trying to get to get him in as quickly as possible and be able to negotiate with him sooner and have him as a part of this defense was ultimately their goal we know that James Betcher does and also Dave Gettleman does value big defensive linemen that he can use up the middle Uh, you don't exactly need an overly explosive premier pass rusher in James Betcher's defense because he creates a lot of his pressures through blitzes and uh, through his outside linebackers like Marcus Golden Lorenzo Carter which we've seen improving over the past eight weeks so it does not really make a ton of sense, this move, because of the other major issues that the Giants need to go make moves for, in addition to the fact that they need to retain as much draft capital as possible. But I, I'm going to at least try to be a bit optimistic about it and see what he can do under a new coach, under a new defensive coordinator, and see 
what James Betcher can do with him and, and potentially scheme him some pressures and some opportunities before I can really assume that this was a poor decision. Yeah, and th- that I think is going to be just the way to approach this. Watch watch him in games the next couple weeks after the bye as he kind of gets used to the defense, the terminology, the plays, just all of that because he can create disruption. We saw that with the 90 quarterback hits. He doesn't finish on the quarterback all that often, which is why he has such a low sack total, You know, really only averaging like three a year. In the tape I have watched of him today, it does seem like just the short area quickness to finish at the quarterback after he beats a blocker is the, that seems to be the hang up for him. So we will see if just how he gets used in James Betcher's defense as opposed to the Jets defense this year and under Todd Bowles last couple years. Just see how that changes. A lot could change because he'll be under some different coaching. He had two different defensive coordinators in his time. Actually, no, I believe he had more than that, but he had two different head coaches in his time with the Jets. It's going to be a different uh, environment for him, a, a, a new start for him. The talent is there, and we've seen plenty of players that were drafted highly, didn't really pan out, that ended up going to a new place, new location, and it finally clicked and it worked out for him. So maybe that does happen here. Maybe Leonard Williams does have a revitalization and an improvement, and the Giants do decide to re-sign him. The final question I think that some people are wondering, though, is where does he fit in this lineup? This is a Giants team that has three talented young defensive linemen with Dalvin Tomlinson, with B.J. Hill, and also with Dexter Lawrence, their rookie first-round draft pick, also Olsen Pierre in the rotation. So, Chris, where do you really think he fits in this defensive line rotation? I am thinking he is one of their starting defensive ends. He is not a nose tackle. Right now, their best nose tackle is definitely Dalvin Tomlinson. We've talked about him at length, I think, over the last couple shows. I wouldn't be surprised if he bumps B.J. Hill back to being a depth player as opposed to a starter. Over the last two weeks, Hill has seen his snap count drop against Arizona, he only had 19 snaps. Against Detroit, he only had 29. That's down from playing about 60% of the Giants' defensive snaps against Minnesota and New England. So it could be that he's kind of falling out of favor. He hasn't been really producing. He doesn't, I I think he has about 25 or 28 tackles on the season so far. He doesn't have any sacks. So maybe the Giants want a more productive player at that defensive end spot across from Dexter Lawrence and next to Dalvin Tomlinson. And then he can also stay on the field and hopefully generate some interior pass rush when the Giants go to a nickel set. Yeah, maybe their goal is to push B.J. Hill more into that rotational sub-package guy and get him using him as almost a breather guy and having Leonard Williams as that starting defensive end. So we're going to take a very quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we're going to discuss some other potential trade candidates. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So to wrap things up for this spinoff show that we're doing because of the trade deadline and the randomness of the the move that happened with Leonard Williams. We're just going to take a quick look at some of the remaining trade candidates because one thing that we've learned under Dave Gettleman is that literally anything is possible. Anyone can get traded. Anyone can can get moved. Don't get uh, too attached to anyone because (laughs) they're willing to make a move with anyone if it means getting the necessary capital or the necessary pieces to build a team that he envisions. So Chris, what are, are some of the potential movers and some of these are, are pretty much expected right now. So what, what, what are some of the potential guys that could be sold before the trade deadline? Yeah, I, I'm definitely expecting one of the giants high price veterans, if not more than one to be moved. They need to create some cap room, even with the jets paying most of Leonard Williams remaining salary. The Giants need to create some cap room. They need to create a roster spot. So trading one of these guys probably would do that. We've mentioned Janoris Jenkins a few times already. He seems like an obvious one with with teams that are expecting to be contenders, always needing more help in the secondary. You can kind of never have enough defensive backs. Nate Solder is another guy. You know, there have been some rumors that you know maybe the Browns could go after him. I've even seen a couple rumors. I'm not sure how much stock to put into them. I, I would start with very little and go down from there, but you never know that New England could actually be interested in bringing Solder back. And then there's also Alec Ogletree. You know, the Giants brought in Dale Buchanan to play the money backer. David Mayo has played well, and Ogletree is on an expensive contract. So any of those three guys would not surprise me at all to see leave. Yeah, those are really the big name players here, and they're all guys that are taking up a lot of money that they'd be trying to push out and send to a team that's desperate for a, a final key piece. Now, Ogletree, Solder, and Jenkins are not really elite players at their position, but they're still better than bottom level players or inexperienced rookies or second or third year players. It it would just essentially be a a roster filler. I would not expect that these deals would generate a lot of capital or assets from them. I, I think realistically speaking, individually trading any of these guys would probably be one or two picks within that three to six range, three to seven range as far as as draft picks. So not going to get a ton for them. It just is a matter of trying to help the Giants out and try and bring in whatever they can because there certainly are a lot of teams desperate for an improvement along the offensive line, uh, a rotational corner or a nickel corner in a good defense, and then also maybe an additional linebacker. Yeah, definitely. In fact, I would almost be surprised if they got as much as a three for any of them. Just to get teams to take on their contracts, I would really kind of expect a, f- a fourth rounder and maybe a six or seven to more or less be the ceiling for any of them. But it does move it does move that cap space off of their salary cap this year. It gives them more flexibility for coming years, and I think that's just kind of where they are. There are some other you know possibilities that I think would be you know, I would not like, but they would be 
both surprising and almost expected. And for me, that would be Evan Ingram because we have heard that, <clears throat> sorry, you know, we have seen some rumors that teams are looking for tight end help. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and OJ Howard, you know, they have gone from he is not on the trading block to, you know what, we think we might trade him. You know, if you can give us a good offer, you know, we've seen Dave Gettleman be willing to move on, very willing to move on from Jerry Reese's picks. And Evan Ingram, as good as he is, just doesn't seem to fit the Dave Gettleman team concept, just as an undersized hybrid receiving tight end. And the other one, I could see Dalvin Tomlinson being moved and maybe have B.J. Hill move over to the nose tackle spot, which was a position he played at North Carolina State. Uh, Tomlinson is another Reese pick. He has played very well. He has allowed the Giants to move on from Damon Harrison without much of a transition period. But if the Giants think they could get something for him, it would that would solve the problem of what do you do on the defensive line with Leonard Williams. Neither one of those moves would create much in, much in the way of cap space, but it would it would probably net them some decent picks and create the roster spot they need. Any potential defensive line moves in the Ingram one are, are seemingly right now the the most speculation. The other ones seem very realistic and I just I think this the the Ingram deal and potentially if they did move Dalvin Tomlinson or someone else on the defensive line it would really just be the result of teams calling and seeing what the the Giants are willing to offer if they throw a ton of uh a, a ton at them if if I think if the if someone's willing to send a first rounder or even more for Ingram if they're that desperate for a playmaking tight end um I would not be surprised if they made that move, but I don't think anyone's going to be realistically trying to make those those types of deals. So don't be surprised if those moves don't end up happening. It's just there have been very, very slight murmurs of a potential for it. Now, the, the trade deadline will be here before you know it, folks, and there is very much a lot of potential for more deals to come down. That being said, be on the lookout for more shows and more content because as soon as any more deals come, we'll be dropping another show tomorrow night as well, giving you additional insight if those moves do happen. If nothing happens, then we probably won't have a show. But still, we will be giving you a, a final analysis on whatever the remaining moves are. That's going to be it from us, folks. Thank you for tuning in. As always, be sure to rate and subscribe wherever you're listening to us and also follow us on social media at Big Blue View at Joe DeLeon, D-E-L-E-O-N-E, and at Raptor M-K-I-I. Thank you for tuning in, folks. 